This week's episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you without additional commercial interruption. Why? As a thank you. We've had an incredible, incredible influx of new listeners to Nerd Cognito over the last month, and it's the least that we can do. We are aware that without you sharing and retweeting and telling your friends about the nerdy goodness that you have discovered in our podcast, that we cannot grow. So we sincerely appreciate all that you have done and welcome all of our new listeners. It's that simple. We're going to shut up with the ads as a thank you for your time. Thank you. Now, on with the show. Oh my goodness, another week has gone by. My name is Ryan David and I am here on Nerd Cognito, joined of course by Bert. Happy, happy Bert. What's going on? Hey Ryan, not too much. Just finished dinner and getting ready to relax a little. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to kicking back. I'm in the uh, countdown to extinction here, as uh, you may or may not know. Well, Bert knows, but our listening fans don't know. Uh, Nerd Cognito is going on a little vacation next week, so Bert and myself are kicking back, and I don't know if I can call it a vacation, Bert. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm going, going to the right. parents' house. Ugh. Yeah, I was going to say, considering where you're going, it will it be a vacation, or do they have like a thousand things they don't understand for you to take care of? Well, the, the wife officially talked to my mom and said, you are forbidden, because she's not going, of course, because she's smart. Uh, but uh, she said, you are forbidden from giving Orion a list of things to do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's a good start. Uh, I originally planned to take our vacation week and spend three or four days in South Florida with the old folks. And I was forced into the airline that I absolutely despise because they are the only airline that offers a direct flight to South Ooh. Florida. And, you know, I, I already was was irritated that I had to take this carrier and um, they're not a bit they're not a small carrier they're not like one of those budget carriers they're one of the major carriers I just don't like the way that they do business and uh, well no choice right I'm not gonna do layovers I'm too old for that shit anymore yeah I hear you I, I used to travel a lot for work and it seems like every airline wants to fly through their hub to go anywhere I wound up in Raleigh more times than I could care to count. <laughs> That's like me and Charlotte back in the day, or Philly. Everything went through Philly for a period of time. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Without drawing out this story longer than it needs to be, I get an email, you know, less than two weeks away from, from the flight. Hey, bad news. Your direct flight has been canceled, but don't worry. We've bumped your itinerary to the following itinerary with two stops each way. Oh, Lord. So, uh, you know, if you're not happy with this itinerary, well, that's okay. You can log on and make any changes you want. The only non-stops now are keeping me with the rents for eight days. Oh, my. Eight days. 
And in this case, it's not just the parents. South Florida is hell this time of year. Eight days. Oh, and I'm taking the little guy with me, too. That's the other reason why I really didn't want to have a layover. <laughs> if it was just me, I might have held my nose and, and dealt with a layover and, and just hung out like in the Centurion Lounge or something for whatever the time was. But Right, but entertaining a kid on a layover is yeah, difficult. Six-year-old and layover does not sound fun. So... Eight days. Oh, we're happy to have you. I'll pray for you. Well, thank you. We got. We do have a good week lined up this week, despite my poor, poor airline luck. We're going to talk about Star Wars Obi Wan Kenobi. You know, we held back on this to let the initial mad rush of people consternating or and or singing its praises to 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 burn out and i don't like to really judge anything based on an opening episode but Agreed. you and i had a chance to to watch two or three episodes of, of obi-wan how far did you get in uh, i watched the first three okay i too am am three in at this point and we're going to talk about it i don't necessarily call it a review because it's not a season in totality but I definitely have some thoughts about it, and uh, we're going to see if the Force is with the newest Disney Plus series. God damn you, Bert, you made me subscribe to Disney Plus, and you know, you know where I'm at with Disney right now. <laughs> <laughs> I do indeed. Uh, we got some news on deck, and then after the news, almost as pleasant as Disney, my favorite subgroup of tabletop role players would be whom, Bert? Uh, your Sparkle Trolls, right, Brian? Oh, you know it. The Sparkle Trolls went on attack online and actually voiced some crazy shit. Like, I get it. There are diverging philosophies in just about everything, and being nerds, we're never going to agree on 100% of anything. There's going to be very polarizing views. But the Sparkle Trolls actually went so far as to create the Death to the OSR movement hmm. online this week. And while I am far from a card-carrying member of the OSR, just my gaming philosophy, gameplay aside does tend to skew more in that direction. So I look at this as, well, one, we know that they're fucking crazy, but two, why can't we just live and let live, man? So we're going to dive into what's going on in the OSR this week and talk about the, the Sparkle Trolls and what might have set them off on the flip side of the news. So interesting. Like we got a good week on deck. Yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting sure. week on deck. Let's let's just, you know, jump right into hyperspace, man. Obi-Wan Kenobi. I wasn't going to watch it until the series was complete, but... But then I told you that I had watched the first few episodes and sucked you right in. Well, I, I was cautiously optimistic when the series was announced. Because the last Star Wars that I had any vested interest in was probably the prequel movies. And I thought that Ewan McGregor was, dare I say, 
poor Alec Guinness, rest in peace, the better depiction of Obi-Wan Kenobi across the films. Boy, am I going to get hate mail on that one, huh? Eh, probably. I mean, Alec Guinness was a great actor, not to take anything away from him, but Ewan McGregor had more of that sort of panache energy, if not gravitas, when yes. it came to playing Obi-Wan. Yes, yes. So I was, I was, like I said, cautiously optimistic with Obi-Wan. Now, people do not like Obi-Wan, Bert. <laughs> I don't know really? if, if you've been on the internet, but the consensus is not good. Really? That's, uh, okay. No, I, I didn't, I purposely didn't check out any reviews or anything like that. I wanted to come in this with kind of fresh eyes, get my take on it because that's what we're here to talk about. Right. No, I, I, I did steer away from general, you know, like plot synopses and, and tirades, but just from headlines alone, I have a headline here for you, Bert. Okay. It is from a prominent tech and nerd, and I'm talking very prominent, like top five prominent tech and nerd website. Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi. Something is finally worse than The Last Jedi. Oh, wow. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. They dislike it a lot and Hmm. for those of you that are listening i guess moving forward from this point if you have not seen episodes one through three of obi-wan you might want to skip to the news right now because i don't think bert and i are going to hold back we are three weeks into the show spoilers well we know how i feel about spoilers once it's out there it's out there so You've been warned. All right. Caveat done. (laughs) I could imagine the mail that would roll in on that one. You're watching your third episode yet. I was was having my hot pocket in the basement. See, I went to that voice. Because that is the feeling that I get when I see these headlines. I watch this show, and yes, there are things that I dislike, not necessarily hate, but dislike, or that I feel could have been a better direction. But I'm not going to say that I hate this show. I found the show to be very entertaining. And that is why I consume media, to entertain me. It's about me. Selfish fucking me. Did I have a good time? Yes. (laughs) Um... On the surface, I thought it was put together quite well. The effects were good. Ewan McGregor is fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi, who I've already established that that's where I'm at. Um, I'll talk about some of the niggling thoughts that I have that could have been improved. And there's one big thing that, that I generally dislike. But overall, I found it to be a highly entertaining and decent show with the key word being show i'll get back to that when we talk about it later what did you think bert overall i was entertained there were a few things that uh like you said you know there were a few issues that we're going to bring up later on but overall you know from the beginning you kind of wanted to see 
what was going to happen to Obi-Wan. Like Ewan McGregor really sort of embodied that character, I think, and sort of pulled my interest in as far as that's concerned. Um, Like you said, you know, he, you know, he embodies Obi-Wan and he does it very well, I think, even for, you know, a short form program like a series rather than a movie, you feel like he's really Obi-Wan, like he's been through some shit and now he's dealing with it. I'm curious to see if our negatives are the same when we get to them, because we did not discuss it. So this is the first sort of back and forth that we're going to have about Obi-Wan. I thought that the callbacks to the films was adequate without going over the top. You know, episode, the the first episode, I don't want to say episode one, right? The first episode of Obi-Wan had probably, what would you say, five to seven minutes on the front end that was like a montage of the Obi-Wan saga in the prequel movies. It, right, I would say that's a, that's about the right time frame. And, you know, when you look through it, it kind of touched on important points for the prequels without getting bogged down with a ton of stuff. Right, and it was the amount of recycle that I think was necessary because, God, you, you ready for this? Hold on, Bert. Do you know what year episode one hit theaters? I do not. Episode one was in theaters in 1999. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. I know that I was drunk, you know, not long after I was in college. So (laughs) I was going to say we were in school. We were, uh, we were in our undergraduate and you were in business school at the time. That's right around the time when we met maybe a year prior to what we met. Was the first time we met. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Right around then. Yeah, I'm going back to the two weeks where I was dating the blonde devil because that's how I met you. So it would have been 1997. And, um, yeah, we were in school, Bert. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a long time since those movies were out and about. I think that the montage for us might have felt almost a little too long. Not... I'm not saying that it was too long. I think it was the right amount of time because when you consider that there is 20 plus years that needed to be, I guess, encapsulated for fans that are younger, it wasn't so horrible. For me, towards the end, I was like, yeah, 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 let's get on with it. But it wasn't to the point where it irritated me. (laughs) You know, I understood the length of time that they devoted. So that wasn't a real problem to me. You told me... I guess you said before I watched it, I don't want to give anything away, but you might find the first episode of Obi-Wan slow. Right. And I did not, but remember the stuff that I like, right? True, (laughs) true. I thought that the character development, the plot development, and the setting development needed that extra time again there's a disconnect of 20 years if you go all the way back. So You have a point. Uh, I didn't find it to be slow. There was actually um, the third episode I thought was the slowest of the episodes. That's the one that people really, really hate. I don't, I don't particularly hate it. Um, no, I mean, I didn't particularly hate any of the episodes, but, you know, if you're, not, if you're looking for 
you know, swashbuckling action right off the bat, you're not going to get it. No, I don't think Obi-Wan lit up a lightsaber until the third episode, in fact. I was particularly watching for that. They had it. It was on screen. But the character itself was very, very hesitant to use it until he had to. Right, or to use any force power, really, until he, ha- until he was forced into it. That, that's true. That's true. New characters that were introduced. Uh, I think the biggest new character that was introduced was young Leia. And the most central character to the plot of Obi-Wan was young Leia. And herein lies my first, I don't want to call it a gripe, but I'll call it a gripe. From where we stand right now, the first episode was just setting the scene. The table had been set. The second episode is really where the plot moved forward. The main arc for Obi-Wan is that the Inquisitors are hunting him. And one particular Inquisitor, the third sister, that's her name, right? You know, third ter- sister, correct. Terrible with names. Has almost a vendetta-like ambition to hunt Obi-Wan. So she cooks one- up a scheme for some pirates to capture young 10-year-old Princess Leia from Alderaan. And that forces Obi-Wan's hand to come out of Jedi hiding and go do Jedi things to rescue young Leia. That's my Reader's Digest version. Here's the problem. I'd say that's accurate. Here's my problem with that. It almost became the young, Young Leia show. Too much Leia, not enough Obi-Wan. Yes. I can see that. I mean, I think that they're, you know, I think that those episodes, the first three episodes anyway, were a little unbalanced. You know, they focused more on Leia in some areas than Obi-Wan. And that, uh, for a show named after a character, you expect the focus to be mainly on that character. Not only is she a major character, but she is the secondary hero to Obi-Wan in this show. And the way that they're presenting her is so grandiose that it, it, it did ruffle one of my feathers. Not to the point that I'm not going to watch the series. Right? right. But I was like, eh, come on. I don't want to watch this old man palling around with a 10-year-old girl. And that's really... By the end of the third episode, I was like... This better not be buddy cop, old man, and 10-year-old girl. And right, that's, you're, you're picturing a cop and a half situation? Um, that's really what I'm worried the series might evolve into. Now, there were, like I said, callbacks to everything else. Vader is present. Uh, Anakin Skywalker is also present in some form or another, mainly Obi-Wan having hallucinations and terrible flashbacks. All of the actors that are necessary, notice I didn't say all of the original actors because we True. know, unfortunately, that, that can't happen, but all the actors that are necessary to portray Vader are on board. You've got Hayden Christensen. You've got James Earl Jones. The continuity for Vader is there. 
didn't have a problem. What was your biggest gripe? For me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my biggest gripe, and you're gonna call you're gonna call me on this, is the Inquisitors. Uh, you're not alone. You're not alone. That that's a very very common bitch online. So I have no problem with there being special troops that are supposed to hunt Jedi, but the Inquisitors use force powers, carry lightsabers. In all of the canon. There have only ever been two Sith at a time, a master and an apprentice. Right. So who are these inquisitors? <laughs> they are force sensitive bounty hunters. Only a Jedi can use a lightsaber according to the canon though. Everybody else cuts their limbs off. Yeah, Grievous used a lightsaber. Well, Grievous was a robot. Not a Jedi. <laughs> right? Uh, Han True. used a lightsaber. I'm just playing devil's advocate here, right? Sure, but that that was kind of my biggest gripe is like I understand, you know, you know, it was kind of cool to have, you know, the obsession and the, you know, third sister's obsessed with catching Obi-Wan Kenobi. She doesn't want to be catching the dregs and remnants of the last of the sad runaway Jedi's. She wants to catch Obi-Wan. Right. I don't think that they focused enough on the reason for that drive. And I think it's far enough into the series that they had passed the point where they can rectify that, too. The reason for that drive was kind of like a passing. Th oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grand Inquisitor. You know, we've been chasing him for 10 years and I'm pissed. Um, that, that was sort of their throwaway reasoning for it. And then they right, tried, and was... to, tried to recover it with her interactions with Anakin and it just didn't do it for me. There was, and it almost felt like a throwaway line, but there was, you know, a um, sort of a, a shadowing, not a foreshadowing really, almost like a backshadowing that she's trying to prove herself because the Inquisitor, you know, made a comment about her being from the gutter and that she'll never get the smell off. <laughs> right, right. Because she was effectively what? A Force-sensitive human? I mean, I, I, I didn't get where they're coming, and I'm sure there's going to be a flashback sequence, but it's going to be too little too late for me. They, yeah, they, I mean, all we know is that she's obsessed with catching Obi-Wan and that she'll use any trick that she has to to make it happen. Kidnapping a senator's daughter, you know, setting up a, setting up a trap. Randomly murdering civilians in town. Yeah, that too. I, I I get it. She's bad. But there's better ways to do bad. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see her as a character. Not the, 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 the actress did a phenomenal job. Her name escapes me. She's also on Star Trek, so I should know this. But um, the actress did a great job with the character. I just felt that for right. being the main antagonist, at least to this point in the series, she's very, very shallow as a character. Agreed. But I think that she's doing very well with what she has to work with. You feel that, you, you know, you feel that hatred, that obsession, that drive from her. They're just not giving her enough meat to work with, I think. Right, right. There was also a saber battle already between Vader and Kenobi, which people dislike because, oh, you're throwing it away too soon. You know, you're doing the blow off before you've even collected the tips. 
Uh, I don't know. I thought it was fine. I didn't. That didn't bother me at all. I think that from what we've seen, just kind of from the first three episodes, that that lightsaber battle happened exactly when it needed to because it shows that Obi-Wan isn't ready right. for that he, confrontation. He's, he's rusty. He's lost his edge. Right, and and maybe even lost his faith a little bit because he wasn't using the Force, he wasn't using his lightsaber. Hell, the first episode, he was, what was it, fish mining or whatever it is? Uh, wh- whatever Butchering that was. a sand shark? <laughs> Cutting out meat from roadkill, effectively. So, I mean, he's kind of, you know, at the very beginning, he hasn't done any Jedi stuff. So, you know, he even warns an, an, another Jedi who find, who manages to find him, take your lightsaber, bury it in the sand, and go live a normal life. So it's almost like he's lost his faith and lost his way. And this is like... Did he not tell building... that young Jedi uh, there are no more Jedi or something akin to that too? Right. There are no more Jedi. You know, my thought is, you know, if it continues in this vein, they're building to like a redemption arc where he regains his faith and he regains his um, purpose. But how is that going to break episode four, though, if they do that? What's that? How will that break episode four if they do that, though? Because he's still very quasi Jedi at the beginning of episode four. I think that they're building towards like him, him regaining his belief and his resolve because if he's at the point where he is right now, he would have never trained Luke. Very true. Very true. So, you know, my, my thought is that, you know, they're showing that kind of he's lost his way. You know, he was forced into helping Leia at first. He didn't want to do it. He said, find someone else. You know, I, I'm not that man anymore. I can't help you. I have no I haven't I have no idea where to even begin to help you. He was forced into it. He confronted his old apprentice and got struck down by him and almost killed. They're like he's kind of I feel like he's kind of trending towards the bottom of the barrel. And then there's gonna be this redemption arc that where, you know, when it wraps up, he's gonna be resolved to watch over Luke. And, uh, you know, stay on Tatooine, but it's going to be with resolve rather than, you know, misery. Right. No, I, I, I can see where it's going and, you know, we'll just have to stay tuned and see what's on the next page for, for dear old Obi-Wan. So final judgment. Um, watch it, wait for it, or avoid it. Uh, I'm going to have to go with watch it. I mean, I thought that the um, cinematography was great. The creatures and alien effects were interesting. The different environments were kind of cool to play with. You've got, you know, while I may not, you know, because of my love of canon, I may not love the Inquisitors. They provide a compelling story. Like, I would definitely say, you know, uh, watch it. Right. I, I tend to agree. Now, am I going to make it appointment TV? No. Uh, I'll probably, you know, take a couple episodes here, take a couple episodes there. It didn't hook me to the point where I'm going to watch it every week, you know. Um, but I certainly will finish the series. Like I said, it was a good, entertaining show if you take it 
for what it is, which is a show. There are things that I hope improve, but right now I can't get on the train that some folks are on on the interwebs, which is this is terrible. I can't have water. I'm never going to watch it again. Fuck it. You're ruining Obi Wan. No, I can't get on that train. I'll watch no, it. I, I, I agree with you. I can't get on that train either. That I mean, that that train doesn't even stop at my station. Like, I don't think <laughs> anything is being ruined. We just have to see how they're going to get from point A to point B. Right. Now, do you have a favorite? ancillary or side character that we've seen so far hmm not yet because all of the development really was in the primary characters you know leia's little droid is is it's cute it's a bug that flies around you know i I didn't get that um there was the loader droid that i thought was comical but not it's not going to be a prominent side character no, no, and I, I didn't say that they had to be prominent. I said that you particularly enjoyed. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, so. there was the Con Man Jedi, which was, eh. It was all right, right? It was all right. But, like you said, the loader droid, what was his name, Ned B? Oh, I, do, I don't even remember. <laughs> but, you know, that scene when the stormtroopers come in and they're asking him questions and he's standing there with a the hammer behind his back. Oh, I'm like, right. <laughs> I'm like, wow, the loading droid is ready to kill these two guys to protect, <laughs> protect Obi-Wan. That's uh, kind of not what, what you told. expect from a droid. Yeah, they do what they're told. That's, that's not news to me. <gasps> news. <sighs> I'm done. I'm done with Star Wars, Bert. <laughs> no, you're fine. What's I, in the news this week? Oh, man? um, lots of different stuff this week. Nothing Star Wars related. That's fair. We'll open up with a tabletop role-playing game that caught my eye just because of its, I guess you can say, theme. Which, you know, there's you think everything and anything has already been done in the tabletop world. This one threw me back for a loop. Okay. Because it's role-playing... On the subway. On the subway. When you say role playing on the subway, so it's a it's a tabletop role player. It's a tabletop role playing game where you explore an underground world of trains and adventures called Meanwhile in the Subway. <laughs> okay. It, it the the subway is a subway of a surrealist city. So it's kind of a sci-fi TTRPG. Okay. But the game is played and the source book is themed like a giant subway map. So the game is actually printed on a big map. It comes with this map, right? And the players and the GM are able to travel through the different world using the map as a reference. So it's kitschy, but it caught my eye. There's hundreds of different stations in Meanwhile on the Subway, and each one is sort of like a mini setting for different contacts, different adventures. Uh, there are random generators that come with the game as well. So you could go straight up random OSR, 
We'll talk about that later. Now, this is a really weird concept to me because when I think, you know, as somebody who's ridden a subway, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The uh, thinking about it as a role-playing game, like there's not, you know, there's not a lot that jumps out at me. Like I'm like, okay, so random encounter is what? Homeless guy peeing in the corner? (laughs) uh, The car you're on smells like urine? Somebody vomited on their shoes? I think it was designed to be sort of like a tandem game if you're running a modern or near future or even a sci-fi setting down the road. It's supposed to be a plug-in for, I guess you could call it a sub, sub what, not, sub-setting? Okay. Um, Almost like a side quest. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cutesy i don't want to say too cute because it's not that and you know i'm not a huge fan of cute but like character creation you step through a subway map and do all of the steps that are there it also doesn't use dice no dice okay no dice um instead of being a die roller meanwhile in the subway has its has a unique system where all of the random and decision-making elements are based on player and GM interpretation of one-word symbols. So players have a chance to succeed by selecting the right symbols that that, that the GM, I guess, determines is right. I haven't read it yet, but it's interesting enough. Huh. I'm going to check it out. It's 12 bucks on Itch.io. Yeah, I mean, that's a totally unique mechanic. It's worth looking at. I've never heard of anything similar to that. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely going to check it out. Maybe not right now. It's going to go on my list for when a few more modern things might be coming, like Everyday Heroes. Uh, right. Because I think that it could be a good fill-in for that. I could also see you running it with Cyberpunk or Call of Cthulhu. Anything that, that has sort of a real-world subway exposure of any kind. But, hey, 12 bucks, Itch.io, meanwhile, on the subway. Definitely worth a a, a checkout seize. I'll keep my eye on it. That sounds pretty interesting. (laughs) Hey, butthead. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yes, Beavis? (laughs) I I didn't even try to do the voice because uh, I'm a little raspy this week, I'll admit. Uh, that would just, <laughs> that would hurt if I tried to do it tonight. I am smiling ear to ear. The release date for Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe has been released. It will premiere on Paramount Plus on Thursday, June 23rd. <laughs> so they haven't had a show or a movie in, what, almost a decade? Oh, shit. I don't even know. When was Do America? When was Do America? Uh, I don't know. 97? Guessing? Oh, wow. Okay. So it's, it's been more than a decade. Yeah, it's been, you know, closer to two. I, 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 I don't know. I'm going to look it up because 97 was a total guess. Now, Beavis and Butthead Do America was 1996. Okay. So it's been more than 15 years since they've had a film. Or a, or a new episode come out, and suddenly they're 
resurrecting them? Is this a reboot? No, it is a continuation. Um, I, I actually knew that this was, well, I didn't know that the launch date was, but I had seen, oh, I want to say six months to a year ago that Mike Judge released sketches of Beavis and Butthead as though time had just continued. So they're our age, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> wow, okay. And um, I, I, I don't know. I still watch Beavis and Butthead on Pluto. I think it's on Pluto. It's on one of the free streaming services. And I fucking love Beavis and Butthead. What can I say? Yeah, I remember seeing them when they came out. I thought it was hilarious. Of course, I was 15 years younger then, too. So. 20, 25 years younger? 1996 was their last 96, film. okay. 96, yeah. I oh, still wow, watch so. and giggle like I am... 14 years old i i i I cannot wait i cannot wait i also can't wait to see what the reaction is going to be from because beavis and butthead is definitely from a time that could not handle (laughs) yeah i mean they were pretty controversial even for the time that they were out oh my parents hated beavis and butthead Ryan, turn that bullshit off. You're watching these two fucking degenerates. <laughs> I think all parents hated Beavis and Butthead, man. If this movie launched one week earlier, I could premiere it with my father. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine that. Oh, I, I, not even a week, half a week. I, I, I'm missing the window. I, I'm so so disappointed that that I can't experience Dumb Dave in all his glory seeing Beavis and Butthead as they are today, so to speak. <laughs> I can't do the voice, but I can hear him in my head going, "Ryan, what is this bullshit you got me watching? Why are you putting this on my TV? Don't you know we gotta watch seven hours of the news in this house?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh fucking hell! Uh, let's see. Let's see if I can uh, pull one out of you here, Bert. Oh, that sounded bad, but I, I'm gonna try. Uh, favorite console, 1999. Favorite console, 1999. Yep. PS One. Oh, 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 oh! Not the answer I was looking for. I was looking for the Sega Dreamcast. Oh, I never owned a Dreamcast. I've played a few, but... You heretic. I loved my Dreamcast. I I have an interesting story how I got my Dreamcast. I was dating this girl. I I don't know if you met her. The crew that was our crew back then nicknamed her Psycho Nice Missy. Did you ever meet her, or did you do recall hearing about her? I recall stories, but I never met Psycho Nice Missy. Okay, you might have met Psycho Evil Missy, who I was also dating at the same time, which is why they had to differentiate between the two of them. Now, Psycho Nice Missy, oh, I was I was a scumbag, Bert. I was a scumbag. I told her if she didn't buy me a Dreamcast that we had to break up. <laughs> oh, dude. She showed Look, that's up. That's dirty. She showed up with a Dreamcast. Which... I have to redeem myself here. No bullshit. I held for like two days and 
gave it back to her because I knew that she was making significantly less money than I had available to me. And I was dirt poor at that time, and she was way under that. I, I did not open it. I gave it back, and I did let her return it. But she full-fledged bought the Dreamcast, extra controllers, VMUs, which were awesome. <sighs> yeah, that that was that was one of the more regrettable things that I did. But at least I own it. It was a scumbag move. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, you know, gotta you gotta grow from somewhere. At least you admit it. Yep. Yeah, I was I was not a good gentleman to Psycho Nice Missy. Well, Sega had huge success with their re-release Genesis, I guess, emulated software, right? The mini Genesis was not a great success, but the modding community loves it because they are able to, oh, let's just say, add software to it. And that's all I want to go into that one. Right, It was a relatively easy platform that you could add ROMs to. Oh, I can hear the uh, sea shanties from here. Yep, yep, yep. But Sega had mentioned in passing that they were going to you know, maybe do a Saturn Mini, maybe do a Dreamcast Mini. Well, they were actually directly questioned, and they said that both of those ideas are tentatively scrapped because hmm. right now... High cost, inflation, and the import market does not make them palatable to be profitable, which hmm. is a disappointment to me. I think a Dreamcast Mini would be super fun. I still know where Psycho Nice Missy lives. I would drop one off at her house. <laughs> I mean, they had some great titles. I've played a few of the, the titles from the Dreamcast were great. Absolutely. Shenmue. Come on. Do you know where sailors hang out? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just remember asking everybody in town, where can I find some sailors? Hey, do you know where seamen hang out? It, it, was, it was a joke that wrote itself. Oh, yeah. Um, but sadly, we're not going to see a small format. Of the retro console. I hate saying retro console in reference to a Dreamcast, but time to face reality. It's a retro console. Anytime oh, yeah, it soon. is at this point. Next article throws me back to my days before I abandoned anime. And in fact, it's one of the last anime titles that I thoroughly enjoyed and was a fan of before I jumped ship. Oh, do tell. It was in the headline, and that's what caught it, along with Tabletop RPG. A FLCL. Did you watch did you watch the series fully coolly? I did. Uh FLCL inspired Tabletop RPG. Empty Cycle is going to its anime roots. And uh the artwork is exactly what you would expect. It's currently in development, but uh, it's going to be released, or it is, if you want to see pre-development releases of it as a pay-at-what-you-want download. I threw him 10 bucks just to look at the look at the stuff, right? And then if I really like it when it launches, I'll pay them the, the difference or 
probably just buy it outright again. That but, game, that show was so surreal. I'm trying to think how that would apply as a role-playing game. Well, I, I as I was reading through some of the materials that are available now, I, I did feel my age because it was a very teenage-skewed anime to begin with as I look back at it. Now, I was in my, what, early 20s when it came out. Um, but the anime series had a very distinctive style and tone and setting that was, you know, angsty teenagers on the cusp of adulthood who are looking to escape their boring hometowns. And then (laughs) aliens come and a lot of other weird shit happens, right? Oh, yeah. So it's pretty much if you put anime and science fiction and a little bit of dramedy in a blender and hit puree. That's fully coolie if you haven't watched it. The RPG Empty Cycle really does encapsulate the feeling of the series. And I don't often give the nod to things that are trying to, you know, recreate the magic. But in this case, lightning did strike twice. Check it out. It's an itch.io. Notice it's not on drive-thru RPG, much like the earlier RPG that we talked about. <laughs> Everybody, we love itch.io. Itch.io, itch.io, itch.io. Fuck you, drive-thru. Anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm still a little irritated, especially that they're, you know, going after my friends. Because I, I've started to form some good friendship with some of these indie guys. And... Unfortunately, they're not going the way the wind is blowing and drive throughs taking it out on them. But definitely check it out. It is worth hey, whatever you want to pay for it. Empty cycle. Don't go in and, and download it for nothing. At least throw them two bucks. And I say two bucks because they won't say two bucks, but two bucks is where they'll at least get something after the processing fees, right? Throw them two bucks. That's fair. And last but not least, we go to the land of croissant. France. Yes. France, being entirely French, could not do anything more French. They officially have banned the terms streamer and cloud gaming, as well Mm. as a host of other pretty commonplace things. Esports, right? Because only in France would you have a ministry of culture. Oh, we are the ministry of culture. And we do not want you using things like streamer. They're banning the words? Um, they've, they have, and it's been years since I've even been in a French classroom. So I'm not even going to try, but uh, I'll try. And everyone can laugh at it. Uh, they have official government names like Julia animateur en direct and je video en nuage instead Ooh. of using things like streamer <laughs> okay uh, that, that seemed really strange like banning words is just kind of an odd thing you you don't expect the government to do that in general you know what i mean right and maybe maybe because we're stupid fucking yanks it it it's more sensitive to us than it is to them 
Ministry of Culture. 1984, George Orwell, your car is ready. <laughs> uh, but, you know, then again, they're French. Eh. French have good wine. Yeah, but, you know, I, I've never been a big wine guy. The wife the wife will drink some, some nice Chateau Blanc. Can't even say that. She likes she likes red blends. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just wrong. France just has me down, so fuck it. That's the end of the news. Oh, normally, we might throw an ad here or talk about something that, you know, we want to link in the show notes for folks to buy. But this week is, is an ad-free thank you week to all of the new listeners to Nerd Cognito. We've had a pretty good uptick in the last month, Bert. Really? We, we have. We have. Um, don't know why. I had some positive feedback for you, you know. It came in into the Nerd Cognito inbox this week, nerdcognitopodcast at gmail.com. The powers that be forward me the good ones that come there. Got one about you. And Bert is fantastic. He's down to earth, realistic, and a true asset to the show. Get the fuck rid of Ryan, and you have a <laughs> all-star show. One-star review until that cocksucker is off the air. <laughs> well, oh, for those out there who too. love me, I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, you know, positive feedback is always appreciated. I take negative feedback too. The only bad feedback is no feedback. Well, here, here's some more for you, Bert. We really appreciate your perspective. Me and my girlfriend listened to Nerd Cognito, much to her chagrin. Oh, I can't even read. Much to her chagrin. How do you put up with Ryan, and have you really been friends with him for all of these years? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ryan and I have been friends since we were quite young men. Do, do you see a and, theme uh, here? How yeah, are you yeah. friends with me, Bert? No, just because we have differing opinions doesn't mean we can't enjoy the same things. Right, uh, newsflash world, Bert and I disagree on a lot, but it doesn't mean that it affects our friendship. <laughs> right, I mean, we have shared interests in nerdy things. I mean, am I ever going to get you on the K-drama bandwagon? Ew. No. No. Am I ever going to understand half of the techno babble that you have? Probably not. Right, like, right. Ah. Uh... We have movies and board games and enough interests in common that we always have something to talk about. Very, very true. And you know what else we have in common? A general, I guess, parallel with the philosophy of the OSR. For those of you that don't know, OSR, old school revival, old school renaissance. Uh, you might have heard it either way, but it's all the same stuff. It's a callback to gaming on the tabletop that once was. And we're talking tabletop RPGs, right? Right, right. And it's, a, uh, you know, stuff like that's nostalgic for me. I cut my teeth on Dun on Dungeons & Dragons 1st and 2nd edition. Right, I think my know. first game was, was 2nd edition. In fact, it was Spelljammer in 2nd edition. So um, it, it definitely is a warm, nostalgic feeling. Now, that being said, Bert and I are not going out and scouring thrift stores and used bookstores for first and second edition materials. And we're not knocking those of you that do. We aren't actively playing anything that would be considered a straight 
OSR themed game, right? Uh, our our group recently started playing Cow Punchers from our friend John, the basic expert. Uh, he was on the show a couple weeks ago and sold us on his game. And it's very OSR-esque. Right. I would call it more OSR light. I mean, OSR is pretty crunchy when it comes to, you know, when you have when you need Thacko tables and things like that. I mean, that's going old school. And there's nothing wrong with going old school. But like I said, while I might pick a different system, I might not the way Wizards is going, but I, I, I probably would pick a different system just for the makeup of the group that I have. Sure. I mean, you have to, you have to even, you know, even if you don't want to, you have to cater somewhat to the other players in your group. Everything can't be about you. Right. And, and I certainly would, I would pick a different system, but my core philosophy of gaming is the same. The game is about the game and the group of folks that are getting together to enjoy it. We also enjoy it as a game. It is not a living story. And that is the big divide between our dear friends, the Sparkle Trolls, where they are very much in the vein of the game needs to be storytelling. We've talked on episodes in the past how Sparkle Trolls have said things like combat and conflict in general need to go. It should be happy, hand-holding story. The Sparkle Trolls also tend to skew more towards preferring erotic roleplay in their gaming setting, where the OSR Ooh. is back to sort of the nuts and bolts of gaming. We're going to get a group together to slay the dragon, to save the princess, to take the kingdom back for the good guys. Or the bad guys, if you're playing an evil party. It also doesn't hold back on things like player death, or in-game consequences for stupid fucking actions. And that is where I definitely align with the OSR folks. So am I a hardcore OSR player or DM? No. no. Not at all. But do I believe that the direction that they want to return the hobby to is a better direction than the direction that, unfortunately, seems to be the way the compass is pointing for the industry leaders in the hobby. Uh, I like the direction of the OSR better. I also like the fact that the OSR is typically comprised of individual content creators. I'm guilty, right? Biased. I'm an individual content creator. I want to support other folks that are out there doing things. Wizards is a sparkly rainbow corporate conglomerate right now that sticks their finger in the wind and will print something to appease whichever way the wind is blowing. So I am on board with the philosophy of the old school revival. Am I going to play second edition? Not with my current group, but I can see a group of my online companions starting up a campaign and me jumping right back into AD&D. Bert, no. go, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I went, I, I, I had a monologue there. Shit. You I need a volcano a... lair. <laughs> Sharks with laser beams on their head, that kind of shit. For me, I don't know that 
OSR is a better direction. I mean, it's a different direction, but isn't gaming about supposed to be about doing what you like? I mean, I think there's room for both philosophies. Am I, you know, am I interested in role playing, you know, throwing a senior prom and, you know, playing, you know, the My Little Pony role playing game? No. Am I going to shit on the guys who are? Also, no. I am, but in jest, and they can't take that. They don't get that we're laughing at the situation. They take it very personally. I I think that that is a generational thing, Bert. I mean, for me, you know, I've always been a guy, I'm always the first guy to go, a new system? Let's try that out. What's that like? What's the story? Fill me in. You know, because I'll play anything once. But there, you know, there are some things I'm not overly interested in. And there are, you know, and there are some things that I'm nostalgic about. And that's, I think, just comes from being a general player and being the age that I am. I remember those older systems fondly because I learned to play them as a kid. Right. And I don't think that I'm going to turn down a game, even if it is My Little Pony. I just want my game to be a game. And the opposite of the OSR whatever you want to call them, people have a real rough time using the term sparkle trolls if they're in that segment because there's a great disdain for me. I'm sure there are public block lists (laughs) with my name on it uh, because I coined the phrase sparkle troll. Whatever you want to call them, there's a tendency to insert too much reality or identity or therapy, or insert whatever you want blank here. I want my game to be my fucking game, whatever it may be. And I will rock it out with Pinkie Pie, man, as long (laughs) as we are all on the same page that it's a fucking game. I can see that. So you're saying that, you know, if somebody doesn't like the game you're playing, it's not a personal attack. It's, you know, a personal preference. Absolutely. And my preference is probably not going back to Thacko, but I'm not going to shit on it for the people that do. I don't know. I don't know. Online this week, the Sparkle Trolls have taken it to the next step, and I've avoided... Bert, you can attest to this. They've been on the docket for a full segment for for going on two months now, and I keep bumping the segment because I didn't want to talk about it. Right. Well, they've officially sort of fired the first shot. You know, up till now, it's just been a good staring contest with some words back and forth. Uh, there's now an online movement to officially kill the OSR. I don't think that any segment of the group particularly needs to be eliminated. Like you said, play what you want. Just don't shove it down our throats. And that's on either side of the coin. Absolutely. I mean, for, you know, I've played all kind of games and there's never been a segment of gamers that I just would, that I just went, you know, they shouldn't be allowed to play what they like. You know, that we should get rid of them altogether. And that is what is happening now. Well, Well, I mean, that's just a little insane to me. Welcome to our world, my friend. So I try 
really hard not to insert politics into the podcast. It's been a absolute top-of-the-page rule for us, and right. I'm still I mean, not going one. to break that rule. But, man, can we just be a little understanding that there may be perspectives other than our own. And that's really what it comes down to. Absolutely. I mean, just because somebody plays different games than you doesn't doesn't mean that doesn't give you make you any better than they are. Right. So It came from Twitter. I'll give you an example cuz I got hit with the anti-OSR movement this week. Okay. I'm going to read you a direct tweet that I received. Well, it was actually a direct message. And I, of course, retweeted it and laughed about it because <laughs> um, I'm a dick. Quote, just saw your post about your cowboy adventures because I was talking about how we played cow punchers. Right. That was fun. At the Nerd Cognito table. You typical cis white male. Also, it's amusing that your racism comes out in the naming of your Latinx villain. Go shoot yourself. Now, I'm a big old turtle. I can take it. But this is not an outlier, Bert. Okay. I get... A lot. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> a lot of messages that fall into this vein. And when I disagree with folks in the OSR, we disagree and we move forward. And we present our opinions and we move forward. When I disagree with the Sparkle Trolls, it's attack, 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 execute. And in this case, they suggested that I actually go shoot myself. Well, the only thing I'm shooting is ropes into their girlfriend because they're too busy describing their cock at the table. But holy fuck, I would never cold message someone that I have no clue who they are other than a personality that I may agree or disagree with, line a string of attacks together, and then say, go shoot yourself. Well, I mean, the... Of course, everybody's braver behind a keyboard, but I can't think of a situation where I would tell somebody I somebody I know and hate that, <laughs> let alone a stranger on the internet. And I tend to think that whether I like it or I hate it, even if stuff like the My Little Pony tabletop RPG comes out, we talk about it and expose it to a greater audience. What the fuck? Right. I mean, it, if something's not our cup of tea, we'll tell you we didn't enjoy it. It wasn't for us, but we're not, you know, we're not knocking the people who created it or the people who play it. Just not something we enjoyed. Anyway, I am officially on it. I am wearing a gatekeeper badge. And now that the gauntlet has been thrown down, we need to not eliminate the players. Because a lot of them are just lost. They're young. They're searching for identity. They're in a very tumultuous world climate. That's as political as I'll get, right? Fair. 
I get where it comes from. So I'm not looking to eliminate the players, but I am looking to eliminate the Sparkle Troll in the players. I'm on a crusade, Bert. Oh, no. Raise your hands, brothers and sisters. Heaven help us all. Place your hands on your speaker or your phone. If you feel the rainbow pulsation of the sparkle troll, let my voice heal you. Kill that character. Roll up a gritty fucking rogue. And go save some pussy in a tower. Oh, right. I'm on the crusade. Fuck you, Sparkle Trolls. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, it. That's, well, a, that's all I got. Yeah, I mean, don't expect me to sign up for the sign up for the crusade. I'm. Uh, oh, come on! You can pass the hat. I'm a live and let live kind of guy. If you, whatever you want to play, play. Stop telling people to kill themselves, though. That shit is not cool. No, you know what you can tell people to do? You can tell people to go to the podcast provider of their choice and look for us, Nerd Cognito. Subscribe, like, throw us that one-star Sparkle Troll review. I don't care. Suck my dick. We love them. The more you give us, the more we know you're listening. And encourage your friends to do the same. We appreciate, sincerely, all joking aside, all of our new listeners. We can't thank you enough. Uh, we, we've said it multiple times, but we cannot say it enough times. Uh, without you, we couldn't do what we do. And, you know, we do it because we like to do it. Um, it is a labor of love, and we... Thank you for interacting with us and listening and sending the love mail and the hate mail and everything in between to us. Uh, it is truly, truly rewarding to know that whether you like it or you hate it, an impact or at least a perspective is, is being produced. I don't know. I'm, I'm at a loss for the right words because I'm not really good at, at, at being humble and I'm trying I'm trying. I really do appreciate you guys. So go to your podcast, people. Share those links. Make sure that you're subscribed. And that's all That's all I got. We, we appreciate it. My name is Ryan David. I was joined by Bert. That's all we've got this week for Nerd Cognito. We'll see you next week. Be safe out there, everybody. No!